and welcome back to another episode of the Small Talk Podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and this is the second episode I have recorded in 48 hours. What has gotten into me? I can tell you what's gotten into me. We have got lots of F1 news to chat through. Lots of things have been announced. But before we get into the episode, I just firstly wanted to say thank you for all your kind comments about the most recent episode, the one where we recorded it in Milan Airport. I know it was quite different for a lot of reasons. The first one being that we recorded it in quite a noisy restaurant, but also the fact that there were some additional voices on there. Who knows? Maybe there will be other episodes in the future where we have some special guests on. But anyway, this week has been quite fun so far. I actually paid the Spotify offices a trip earlier this week on Monday evening. And that was a really fun experience. One, because I'm super nosy and I always love to have a snoop around offices and see what they're like. And Spotify did not disappoint. I mean, they even have branded beanbags. That's when you know a company has got their stuff together, right? So I went up there. I got to meet lots of other podcasters and creators which was really exciting and there was nobody else there that sort of had a motorsport background lots of people had different uh, specialities if you like whether that was fitness or well-being or business and so it was really interesting to sort of listen to lots of other people talk about what they do well for their podcast and I basically came away feeling super excited and energized and inspired for what small talk could be why did I say small talk so weird then small talk could be in the future and and there are lots of things that I want to do with this podcast, but regardless, it was still a really, really cool opportunity. And I actually feel like the last few episodes I've recorded on here have kind of strayed away from the actual, I guess, concept of the podcast, which is talking about the biggest news stories in motorsport. So today's episode is going to be specifically that. And we have a lot of news to get through. Okay, guys, like teams and media outlets have been throwing stories out there like it's crazy. So you know the drill. Let's first start by making ourselves a nice cup of tea and get ready for the episode. Okay, cup of tea secured. Now, we're going to be talking about lots of things. Let's let's give you a little teaser, shall we? So, Aston Martin and Honda, we're going to talk through that partnership. We've also got this discussion of Lewis Hamilton potentially going to Ferrari. I mean, what's all that about? Let's have a chat about that. And then, did you know that the This Is A Formula song by Will I Am might not be the last F1 song we hear from him this season? Yep, I'm serious. So I'm going to do something a little bit different for this podcast. So bear with me. I'm going to go to an ad break. See you on the other side and we'll get straight into all of those subjects. Okay, hopefully you have heard some ad breaks, which is something new for Small Talk Podcast, but you know, I feel like it makes it a bit more professional having some little adverts in there. And you know, your girl wants to make some some nice sweet, sweet dollars on the side. So thank you very much for listening to those ads. So let's start with the big news of the day. It was announced at something like 3am UK time. So I only saw it this morning when I woke up at like five. By the way, not my normal time to wake up. I had a really strange dream and woke up, checked my phone and was like, oh, Aston Martin and Honda have announced a partnership. I'm not trying to say I'm some sort of TikTok influencer that wakes 
wakes up at 5am, does three hours of hardcore gym training before eating a breakfast of smashed avocado and eggs and all of this kind of stuff. It just was coincidence that I woke up really early this morning. The Honda announcements always seem to be around that early time because I guess the Japanese audience are awake then and it's just more convenient for them. But yeah, let's talk about Aston Martin and Honda. In fact, let's pull up the press release right now because I shared that this morning on my social media. So the first thing to note is that this partnership is coming into effect from 2026. Now, why is that date relevant? Well, that is a season that the new engine regulations come into Formula One. So there's reason behind that date. Obviously, at the moment, Aston Martin have Mercedes power units in the back of their car. And for most people, you'd think Mercedes, that's the package to have. You know, looking at the last few years of Mercedes dominance, obviously, we're not quite in that sort of era anymore. But previously, that Mercedes PU was like gold dust. You know, the people that were using it, teams, however, were maybe not getting quite the level of success that Mercedes were having. The customer teams, you know, I think it was... And forgive me if I'm wrong, but when Sergio Perez won in that racing points in 2020, would have been in Sakir, I think that was the first time a Mercedes power unit had won a race. Mercedes, the actual team, they had plenty of success with that PU, but actual customer teams, less so. However, for Honda, because they are not in the championship competing themselves, they are able to create these engines, these power units, and provide them to teams, and it seems to be a fairly competitive package. I mean, Red Bull at the moment, although it's not properly, and this is where it gets confusing, if you're a new fan to Formula One, you might be like, I am stuck, but Honda provided Red Bull with power units and then that relationship ended except it kind of didn't end because then they were still using the Honda power units and then this season they've re-added the Honda badge to the power unit on the car and it's all very complicated but basically Red Bull are using Honda engine but it's not a Honda engine. It doesn't make any sense and I've done a terrible job of explaining that but this means that Honda are making a full-scale return as F1 have called it to Formula One in order to provide Aston Martin with these power units. So a rather juicy piece of news. Now breaking it down, my first thought was Fernando Alonso and that is because when Fernando was with McLaren and it was McLaren Honda days, Fernando wasn't too kind about the engine because it seemed to be a partnership rather than made in heaven, made in hell. It did not go well at all. The car was ridiculously slow and the engines and PUs kept blowing up. It just wasn't, wasn't it? And although lots of people gave Honda quite a lot of bad press, I think the understanding from the time was the the power unit would have been fine, but it was just the way that it was built into that McLaren. It just wasn't done in quite the right way. And as a result, the car was a bit of a tractor. However, Honda have come out and said that they have no objections whatsoever to be working with Alonso again despite the fact that he referred to the Honda PU in his McLaren days as a GP2 engine, which is basically like calling it an F2 engine nowadays because GP2 doesn't exist anymore. Uh, That's how long ago it was. But 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Fernando and Honda end up being reunited, if Fernando Alonso even stays until 2026. I know that he's on such a fine run of form at the moment, but a lot can happen in three years. And although Fernando is putting on a display and, you know, he's doing so well that he's better than some of the younger kids on the block, all of that experience clearly is having much more of an effect than the fact that he's getting older and, you know, by biology tells you that as you get older your reaction times aren't as quick and all this kind of stuff but Fernando Alonso seems to be some sort of medical experiment and he is defying all of those kind of rules for how you should be as you get older I mean I'm talking like he's 85 I mean the, what the guy's like 41 42 um so you know he's not that old you know look at people like Oscar Piastri I mean he feels sometimes like he's 12 years old but he is still very young in comparison to Fernando it's crazy that he's doing so well but I'm loving Loving every minute of it. One person who has been mentioned a lot and I've seen a lot on social media today is Yuki Tsunoda. Now he is a Japanese driver. He obviously has come into Formula One in the last few years when that Red Bull Alpha Tauri Honda partnership was still existing. And lots of people have said that the reason that he's still in his seat, despite maybe some seasons that didn't exactly go as planned is because of these Japanese Honda links. Now, Yuki has been putting on some really strong performances this year. It's like he's finally settled into that car and he's comfortable. And who knows, maybe it's because he's got a teammate in Nick DeVries who is brand new to sort of Formula One in the grand scheme of things. He's technically a rookie this year, although he did have his Monza debut last season. And maybe Nick DeVries is making Yuki look super good. But I think that Yuki's just doing a great job in his own right. You know, he's either in the points or on the cusp of points and he's having a great season so far. Watch me jinx the poor boy. But lots of people have been wondering then if that Honda connection means that Yuki Tsunoda could find himself at Aston Martin in 2026. Now, I mean, it, it's very early days. Like I said, so much can change in the span of three, four years from now. But uh, you've got to say that the odds could well be in Yuki's favour there. You know, having a Japanese driver driving for a Japanese power unit supplier could be some great marketing, as we saw previously, with like all the love that he was getting at the Japanese Grand Prix last year, even without Honda technically in Formula One anymore. So it would really be a match made in heaven, but then it leaves questions about what will the driver lineup look like at Aston Martin in 2026? Will Fernando Alonso still be there? Will Lance Stroll have got bored of driving in Formula One and said, Dad, I don't want to be part of this team anymore. I want to have, like, he might decide he wants to become a professional skateboarder and his dad will buy him a skate park and he can do that for the rest of his life. He might decide that he wants to be an astronaut and his dad will buy him a rocket ship. You know, we have no idea what Lance Stroll is going to be doing in the future. Although he's been successful in his karting career and junior career, you never know. By 2026, Lance Stroll might be thinking, yeah, I'm bored of this F1 stuff. I want to try something else. So, so maybe that would open the door to Yuki. But either way, it is still a super interesting development and piece of Formula One news. I'm going to try and remember to leave maybe a poll. If you're listening to this on Spotify, I will leave a poll within this podcast and vote and tell me if you think that Yuki Tsunoda will end up at Aston Martin for the 2026 season. Okay, go and do that now or go and do that at the end of the episode. I'll try and remind you then. But yeah, let me know what you guys think.
Okay, next up on the agenda is Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari. Now, these are reports that have come from the Daily Mail, so take them with a pinch of salt. But they have suggested that Ferrari are putting together a contract that they can send to Lewis Hamilton in order to steal him away from Mercedes and bring him over to Ferrari. Now, my first thought is, well, which of the Ferrari drivers is going to get the heave-ho if they bring in Lewis Hamilton? And it seems pretty obvious that Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, however you want to call him, like, I know you guys will come for me because I can never say his name the same, in the, even in the same sentence, but he said it himself, there's no proper way to say it, so give me a break, okay? But let's go with Charles Leclerc. He is Ferrari's golden boy at the moment, so I'm guessing that means Carlos Sainz might be given a little push out, which would be a shame because for Carlos Sainz's whole Formula One career, the guy has never really found much consistency you know he came in through the Red Bull program had some time at Toro Rosso then made the move over to Renault and he was there for a couple of years then he moved to McLaren and then after McLaren he's come to Ferrari and so maybe he's just trying to like tick off every single team on the grid from a list that we don't know about but it would certainly be an interesting switch. It would really, maybe Carlos could do a switch with Lewis and go to Mercedes. I, I could see a Science Russell collab there. That could be quite spicy, actually. I, I like the sound of that. But my my odds are that he's going to join the Aldi, Aldi? Aldi campaign when they join in 2026. My gosh, I need more of this cup of tea. I sound like I'm hardly awake. Come on, brain, get into gear. But anyway, like I said, this is all rumours. These are just reports, speculation, gossip, whatever you want to call it. Nothing is official. Trust me, that would be the first thing that we talked about if Lewis Hamilton was going to Ferrari. But I personally can't see this happening. And I think we've had these conversations before, like even last season when obviously Mercedes entered into the new regulations and it didn't go to plan, did it? Like poor Mercedes fans. And who would have thought a few years ago I'd be saying poor Mercedes fans, but it just wasn't their year last year. Red Bull and even Ferrari were much further ahead than them. They just, they got the regulations wrong and it can happen. And that's one of the exciting things about regulations is that you really don't have any clue who's going to get it right, who's going to get it wrong. And although Lewis obviously wants to stay in Formula One to keep winning, he wants to get that eighth world title in the history books. I can't see him making the jump to Ferrari. He has invested so much of his time of his own energy into Mercedes since he joined them all of those years ago back in 2013. And at the time, you know, people said him joining Mercedes was career suicide, but look how well he made it work. And although there are plenty of big brains over at Mercedes and, you know, whether that's designers, whether that's even people like Toto managing the team, you know, some of the best people in the championship work for that constructor. However, a lot of that success has come from the likes of Lewis. So I can't see him making that jump to the Italian Ferrari team just yet. I know that there's the whole thing of everybody in their career wants to drive for Ferrari. Like Sebastian Vettel once said, everybody is a Ferrari fan. Even if they say they are not, they are a Ferrari fan. So perhaps that kind of temptation of a new challenge could draw him in. But for me, I see Lewis ending his career 
with Mercedes and uh, you know they've done so much for him within that team even the fact that when we had the whole Black Lives Matter movement such an important movement but you know Mercedes took a stance as a result of having Lewis in that team and and using their voice and their platform to change to an all-black livery for example so you know I don't think we'd see Ferrari doing something like that so you know Lewis and Mercedes really seem to be a comfortable pairing, a happy pairing. And at this point in time, I can't see him being lured away. Even if the money is ridiculous, I can't see him making that change. Wait for the next podcast to be like, so Lewis Hamilton has joined Ferrari. But that's my take on that situation. Okay, and then the final thing that I want to talk about in this podcast is from the New York Post and it's from a journalist called Emily Selleck who is a fantastic journalist and um, I would really love to meet her one day. I follow her on Instagram, honestly. Like, she's just living the life. So she has written an article that basically says that Will I Am has launched a global artist in residence program with Formula One. Now, what does that mean? Well, it basically means that he's going to be releasing several F1 inspired songs throughout the season. Unless you have been living under a rock, which is fine, you will have probably heard his track, This Is The Formula, which he did ahead of the Miami Grand Prix in collaboration with Lil Wayne and... I'm not a fan. <laughs> I can't think of many people that are. Um, lots of people say it sounds quite like an SNL skit, which I also, you know, I see and I can hear that. You can find it over on YouTube. It's suddenly interesting. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But for me, as somebody who loves music, and I know music and everything like that is all a matter of opinion. But uh, I did think it was trash. But anyway, it says here that he's going to be releasing two more F1 inspired songs. Why? Why? Throughout the season, which is going to make for a new solo album, which is due to be released in the autumn or the fall. It says that Will I Am pitched the concept to F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali last November as an initiative that will continue with a new artist every year, which I thought was quite interesting. So Will I Am will be doing it for this season. And then I guess you're going to have other people writing F1 inspired songs in the coming seasons, which I don't know off the top of my head who I want to do albums but I'm sure I'm gonna have a think about that and we'll, we'll come up with some at the end of the episode but that is apparently what's going to be happening which I mean it depends I don't want to be biased here and be like oh I can't do with Will I Am doing it because I think the first song was just a bit naff but the Black Eyed Peas have had lots of banging songs over the year oh my god I sound like such a grandma um, but they've had lots of great songs over the years and Perhaps he just got off to a bit of a stinker. Maybe there's going to be some better songs in the rest of the album that he's going to be making. Apparently, well, I am told the New York Post that he was speaking at Harvard, just drop that in there, uh, when he was attending Harvard Business School. And I pitched the idea to him there. That's him saying that Stefano Domenicali was speaking at Harvard. He said, it's something that could happen for the rest of F1 where we have the art celebrate the sport in a way that no other sport has done before. Apparently, Domenicali said, that sounds like a really freaking awesome idea. Will I am says that he's known Dominicali for a long time. 
But then he continues and says, to put out a record and go on tour with the sport as it travels around the world, that doesn't happen. And I guess, yeah, he's kind of compared it a little bit to the fact that we have the big Super Bowl with the NFL. And so, I don't know, maybe he wants to have the national anthem performed before every race and then do a little mini concert and a song. I'm not sure quite where this is going. But I saw the article and I was like, I have to speak about this on the podcast. As M mentions in the article, you know, drivers like George Russell said that he found the whole intro for the Miami situation very distracting. We had LL Cool J, you know, reading out about each F1 driver. And at that point, Will I Am had this as a formula performing, but it was like an orchestral version. And I thought that was really nice, to be fair. To be fair to Will I Am, the orchestral version, lovely. It was nice and chilled and uh, I enjoyed it but the actual normal version would you have guessed it i don't like it we'll have to see what happens with the situation the songs will be a bridge to communicate with new f1 fans and he also said that the new fan probably doesn't know anything about the race they know lewis and they might know max verstappen but those are the only two people they know they don't know the engineers they don't know the details of how somebody wins the race so some education needs to go into that for the new fan And then he said that lots of people were getting into F1 for the vibes. I'm not joking. He literally said that people were flocking to the sport for the vibe. But the vibe is not enough to keep them, he said, apparently. So, (laughs) you know, just Will I Am thing saying people getting into F1 for the vibe. Maybe that will be the name of his next song. Can't be worse than This Is A Formula. Anyway, that is enough. This is a formula slander. Tweet me in who you would like to hear do an F1-inspired album and I'll read some of them out in the start of the next episode. I'll leave all my links to where you can find me in the bio of this episode, but I'm at Katie Fairman on Twitter and at Katie Motorsport on Instagram if you want to go and find me over there. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is kind of, yeah, back to basics, back to what the point of this podcast was, which was to talk about the latest F1 news and gossip and all that kind of stuff. So be sure to give it five stars if you have enjoyed it and... Uh, I will speak to you very soon. I didn't expect to be speaking to you this soon after the last episode. Like I say, I only recorded one on Monday and now we're Wednesday and I'm recording another one. But maybe we can do something this weekend. It's the Monaco Grand Prix, which is, is it exciting? I mean, I love the glitz and the glamour of Monaco and qualifying is always entertaining. But yeah, unless it's Formula E where the racing is absolute chaos normally whoever is on pole will win the race but I think I'm actually going to be doing a race watch along with somebody or several people um, on Sunday so keep an eye out for that but uh, I will catch up with you soon hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week and uh, yeah catch you in the next episode speak to you soon and love you lots bye bye